Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of Geist and Dolls. Uh, oh. <laughs> that is courtesy of Atlas Novak. I'm Jack. Geist that's Miles. And dolls. Geist and Dolls. Like Who's guys that? and dolls. Oh, I thought it was Miss Geist from Clueless and a bunch of loose dolls. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. That. Do you remember Miss Geist? That's the one that they try and they try and hook her up with. Oh, hook her dude. up with. Uh, like, is oh, it Wallace they're crossing Shunk? legs. Yeah, they're crossing legs towards each other. That's an unequivocal sex invite. Yeah. I think was the line, and that that's that's not true. Turns out, no crossing yeah, legs you, towards someone is not an unequivocal sex invite. But I did like take that to be a fact when I saw that in Clueless. For yeah, cross your legs act- away from me. I might as well just go home. Oh wow, you have a boyfriend. You have a husband, <laughs> Miss Anders, Mrs. Anderson. What, Mom? What the fuck are you oh, doing? You're sick, gross. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Sorry, Amy Heckerling gave me all of my ideas about what is and isn't real about yes. this thing called puberty. Yes, yes. Well, like I said up top, Geist and Dal- No, uh, I'm Jack. That's Miles, and. Here's some of the things that are trending this afternoon. Bernie Madoff, rest in power, my friend. Yeah. Really, really. One of the greats. One of the greats to ever do it. Um, the <laughs> the Drudge Report headline is uh, Madoff in hell, uh, which is aggressive. But that's what, that's what I respect about him is how hard... And thoroughly, he got to the conservatives of, you know, uh, yeah. obviously there were some victims who were not like millionaires and oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, was, he did a lot of damage to a lot of people, but it is funny how uh, how just unequivocally they're like rotten well, hell, man. It's because he did the thing all Republicans wish they were that mask off about. It's like, well, we're fine with just doing the capitalist grift, and they really right. hate when someone's like, no, nah, bro, y'all are fucked. Watch me steal everyone's money because I right. don't give a fuck. And they're like, right. I wanted to do that, but I, how'd you yeah. do that? <laughs> and apparently, a big hit in prison. People like really respected him in prison, and like he gave people uh, kind of advice, financial advice, and uh, so shout out to uh, Bernie Madoff. Not yeah. really, but. Uh, uh, no, I say yes, y'all. I mean, okay. we lost a we lost a king today. Yeah. yeah, king of shit. I don't even know that shit is so old. But yeah, uh, God. I mean, if you think Bernie Madoff was bad, you can. There's a lot more people walking the earth today, free, doing their job. Level. Yeah, doing their job, ripping people off, and being open about it. But you know finding ways to manipulate relationships and laws and loopholes to get away with it. Yeah, a lot of Madoffs around. Yeah. Nomadland is trending. We we kind of briefly mentioned this, but so Nomadland is the Frances McDormand movie where she plays like somebody who lived in a town that got shut down because of the crumbling economy and then now and her husband died and now she just kind of lives out of a van and like there's a whole community of people. It was based on a nonfiction book about this community of people who kind of live in vans and just, uh, you know, drive from 
gig to gig in in this gig economy of ours. And I remember thinking at the time, like it shows Amazon as like a, you know, giant, massive, not like very humanizing uh, place to work, but it does, you know, she is able to have like community with the people who work there. And there's like warm relationships between the workers at this Amazon warehouse. Uh, yes, it is patrolled by a robot, uh, but like it just, it doesn't really like, it, it just kind of passes by those details of what life is like in the gig economy. It doesn't really pick them up and spend time with it. And so people are kind of saying it's weird that this is the front runner for uh, best picture at a time when we're uh, as a culture kind of coming to terms with just how bad uh, Amazon is to Head its in the workers. Sand, baby. Head in the sand. Yeah. That's just it's, the culture. There's yeah. no, we're not able to look the truth in its eye and then respond to it. We're, yeah. if the truth is too ugly, we will completely bring up the fucking preservation mechanisms to either distract ourselves with something else or begin writing articles that have nothing to do with the truth of what we're all seeing. Yeah. And yeah, that I can, that, like it's frustrating, but then it makes sense. You're like, oh, but this movie's like it kind of shows like it's kind of cold in there. That's kind of true, but right. not talking about like how awful in general. Like the idea that people who are our parents' age, our grandparents' ages, where you're like, oh, y'all should be able to like not fucking work. Like I wish we had a society set up where at a certain point they're like, thank you for giving your labor to this system. Now you can chill. On- Unfortunately, we we backload it, so you you have to go through all this bullshit before you can rest. Yeah, and the and movie isn't like like this, like traveling to survive. It's like, oh. yeah, no, I mean that's the thing. That's why I'm like a little bit, uh, you know, of two minds with this uh, critique because first of all, it's like, you know, a work of art, and so uh, right, it's like, like a documentary a, being. It's like, not a documentary, Amazon even though it is, is so like chill. that's kind of what it's getting credit for is being both like a split between a feature and a documentary, but it's also like the overall like effect that you get is not like pro capitalism, right? Like it's more, uh, these people are just having to move just to survive and just having to, you know, like work and play, like live among the remnants of previous generation success just to, get by um and yeah it's not it's not like things are great and amazon is our hero it's like a very it's more nuanced but like people are pointing out that the non-fiction book that it's based on like had details such as a uh 70 year old camper force worker that's like the thing where people come with their campers and like amazon provides a rv park basically where they can all live and then they work for Amazon for like a period around the holidays, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the nonfiction book, one of the camper first force workers uh, was stationed near a conveyor belt and a box flew off and knocked him down, causing him to hit his head. Uh, and Amazon's in-house medics determined oh he I hadn't suffered a concussion uh, and he was sent back to the job. Uh, oh, that, Amazon in-house medics determined he hadn't suffered a concussion is the most... Fu- 
It's so wild, like, that they have medics ready to tell you to go back to work. Like, that. that is an expense they're willing to pay, not to create a work environment where uh, you can you can't like walk off the job i'm sorry are these what are these how are these are these professionally trained medics oh no 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 they're people who are before you can actually move into uh corporate hr you have to be one of these people who <laughs> pretends you're an in uh in-house medic the training who then just is like no nah, that ain't no concussion yeah you're good you're like you didn't even do anything you just asked me how how, how hard i hit my head right um okay great mm Anyways, uh, definitely a worthy conversation. I think anything that can draw attention to how fucked uh, the worker conditions are for the gig workers in Amazon and just gig workers in general, I think is probably worthwhile. But I haven't seen the film. I know what it's about, and I've seen like sort of isolated clips. But overall, does it would it make someone be like, "Oh, that sucks for for this for these people." I think or, so. Or is it kind yeah. of like balanced? You're like, that sucks. But also, you know, like, at least it's all right. Like, yeah, they got some stuff. It happy. feels like post-apocalyptic. Like, the whole thing feels like they are uh, living in the ruins of a shattered culture. That's right. what you get from the Amazon part where, like I said, there are like these rolling robots that are like zooming around on the floor that where they're working. And the idea that I got from it is that like they are, this is like sort of a, in the way that a lot of post-apocalyptic movies are like, this is the story about the resilience of the human spirit. Like it's kind of like that where like they're finding ways to bond and like have fun conversations with each other, despite the fact that uh, it's just complete hell that they're living on. I think the way that, we're going to have to get to like a point where people start actually realizing what the fuck this actually means that people in their seventies are like, well, my retirement plan is to have the little bit of cash I have to buy a mobile shelter. So I'm technically unhoused and travel from gig to gig to just eke out a living at my age. And I think that we need like the fucking in the arms of an angel treatment where it's old white people and unfortunately, it's going to have to be old white people because they're like puppies for, for white people in this country where <laughs> they're like dirty in Amazon warehouses for people to be like, oh, shit. Yeah. That's not how I want Nana to live. Because yeah. just explaining people in their 70s and their tw- in their twilight years are having to live like this is still like still obscure. And I remember reading that New York Times article years ago when like this first thing sort of emerged about like boomers finding their retirement in mobile homes and shit. How like. Uh, immediately, I was like, oh, it's so fucked up. But mm. yeah, I guess everyone's going to get that message a different way. Second degree murder is trending, uh, as is Kim Potter's name. Uh, yeah. Kim Potter is the police officer who murdered Dante Wright uh, yeah. in a traffic stop. Look uh, at that. Already, yesterday. second degree manslaughter. Yeah. That's interesting. That was quick. Uh, mm-hmm. Being held without bail. Mm. Because a lot of the things they're saying was, they were just looking at her duty belt, you know, where mm-hmm. she has all her equipment, and the taser is on the left side, the handgun is on the right side, and the way that they are holstered is that they are essentially um, the grips are like facing the rear, so you can draw like with your right hand, draw from the holster on your right hip, versus like if the if it were reversed, you might cross your waist to draw your gun because the 
the handles facing outward. So right. they're saying like, you know what side your shit is on. And based on the direction or orientation of the handle, you drew your gun. Right. You didn't, you didn't think you drew your, your fucking taser. And right. so they're like, yeah, this, this, uh, thing kind of clear that I don't think this is an accident aside yeah. from maybe verbalizing it for the camera to deliver your uh, attempt at an Academy award mm. or most racist goon trying to pretend that they're human. Mm. Like, oh shit. I shot him. Mm. I don't know about that. And the other thing too, is knowing that I think she was the head of the police union or yeah. whatever over there. Yeah. Like they, you know, because there's plenty of stories talking about how the heads of the police unions are typically someone like you are the person getting in the way of, you know, you're covering for officers that kill people. Yeah. Yeah. You step in. There's a, and another write up there talking about how in one of these shootings, like in the investigation, you saw the first person, an officer after they shot someone killed them as they lay dying was a text to the head of the union, the police union to explain yeah. what just happened more than calling for backup more than other things like yo this just happened because that's what they do and yeah there's just so many yeah i mean the police unions and many many times are the ones who if the police are criticized are the like they're the tip of the spear in terms of just like the toxic ideology of like you said what about us you can't talk about us that way like let's go back right. at them i mean we've we saw that with just the New York police union response where they and even then the protests they were flying a blue lives matter flag the the cops send up they start flying flags yeah yeah and like also they, it's shoot, clear yeah and they were they were told by uh or there was a city council vote where they were like you can't shoot at the people anymore like you can't shoot tear gas you can't do any of this shit and the police completely ignored that. So just wildly unaccountable seemed to be just responding to hurt feelings uh, as they as that's been their entire MO, this entire, you know, movement, the Black mm -hmm. Lives Matter movement uh, is to act like you're being personally attacked and then use your military grade weaponry to uh, have a temper tantrum. Um, and this, I don't know what the, I don't know where this, how this, this evolution, like what's going to happen exactly, because yeah. they're, they are, they're being looser and looser, uh, you know, nearly damn near three people were killed every day by police in 2020. And I don't know what, what they, how they think they're going to spin this in any way other than, I don't know, maybe we'll just see more breakdancing police viral videos or something to try and be like, no, it's not just that stuff. Uh, because needs, I, you'd yeah. hope at this point, people's opinions really, you really need to start thinking about what, it, what law enforcement actually means and what safety actually means. Because for too long, we're just going hook, line and sinker mouths open being like, whatever you feed me, like, okay, cop good. Yeah. We like cops. Great. They're people too. And they are, but the way policing works, it uh, creates a system and a whole army of non-humans who look at many other people as being subhuman and therefore their lives not being worth anything. And that has nothing to do with safety. Anthony Edwards is trending uh, in happier news. Now, Anthony Edwards, the Damn. number one number one pick in the NBA this year. Uh, having a hell joke, of though. a... That's a great joke. Miles, I think we did it last time. We Miles, it's a great Anthony joke. <laughs> uh, Dr. Mark Green? Dr. Mark Green, yeah. P 
picked first in the NBA uh, draft by yeah. the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, this dude is just uh, one of the funniest. He's just never, he doesn't like have any filter. And so um, like there's a big news story that A-Rod is putting together a ownership group to buy the Minnesota Timberwolves. And he was asked how he felt about it. And he was like, I'm, I don't know who that is about A-Rod. <laughs> uh, and uh, that rules. And do you think he's for real? I mean. Yeah, I think so. I think he just like, I don't know. He's young and. He's the and, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I, but do you, if you weren't around, if you weren't like paying attention when he was in the league, you know? Yeah, like I don't know. Edwards, I feel like if you how don't young care about baseball, like for as athletes, you're like, you want that A-Rod money. Like right. just colloquially, A-Rod is known as the dude who secured one of the heaviest bags of all time. Yeah. Um, and you want that. But I don't think it really matters because I just, I also love him when, especially when he was talking to that Irish reporter yeah, a couple weeks ago. Was like, and he's like, I like this. Tough. Yo, that Where accent, are you from? Tough. <laughs> <laughs> Ireland, from Ireland. Oh, yeah, that's Ireland. tough. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Could you ask that question again? <laughs> yeah. So in a way, I mean, yeah, he's definitely very endearing. So I, I take yeah. nothing away from Dr. Mark Green. Texas rolling blackouts. They almost fucked that one up again because of like they were expecting a cold front. So we're not expecting a lot of uh, air conditioning being needed and the cold front never hit. And they were like, hey, man. We dodged a bullet. I know you guys thought we were bad, but we came real close to having rolling blackouts again, but we dodged a bullet. Uh, and it's like, because the temperature projections were like 20 degrees off. You guys were almost, you were like oh on the God. edge of having another this, disaster. This place is, if we weren't so comfortable as fucking consumers at every mm. other level, this there we would literally... Be, like other countries at this point are everybody's in the streets. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the infrastructure is so clearly falling apart. Their fucking energy system in Texas is an absolute joke. And I think, I don't know how much longer everybody till we figure out, like a lot has to change very fucking quickly. Mm. The idea that they're like, Oh God, we didn't know it was going to be fucking hot. Like what? (laughs) And the system's so fragile that just off of that dumb shit, people are are going to be like, hey, man, we might have to have some blackouts because of this shit. Like, that is such bad. a low level of, like, expectations for the people running such an important uh, system. It's just like, that's, you, you wouldn't forgive anyone for being like, ah, it's a little hotter than I expected, so I'm going to fuck off today, uh, my right. job. Yeah. Like that's huh? That is not okay. Uh, and finally, Eric Adams uh, is trending. I mean, it's. Hey. Uh, I'll just say, check this video out. Uh, Ayumi Shinazaki, tomorrow's guest. Uh, it's her tweet at the end of the episode. Um, it's one of the most amazing things of it. It's yeah, he's one of the great tweets. Eric Adams right now is running for mayor of New York, and. He used to be a cop, baby. And that's why he's got the fucking New York fire officers union and shit backing him. Cause you know, he's part of that whole, you know, back to blue, back to whatever shit. And his video is really something else. It yeah. is like, and I say it when we first talk about, he's so cop brained. 
if you've it, it's um like he's ceased to become a human because he yes. only sees a like perp and officer binary yeah he so the video the premise is he's going to show you how to go through your own house and see where kids might be hiding contraband uh and it rules it's yeah. it's one of the funniest like i i can't believe how just on the on the nose it is but still. it's gonna if it doesn't inspire an snl sketch by the weekend i'm gonna be really mad <laughs> yeah because absolutely. it's such it's an it's a, such a new york video um and the the logic of the video and i don't even mean to get in front of ayumi's tweet because but that's how good this shit was we had to talk it's about so it good. so much even after we recorded but the logic of the video is like the best kind of comedy where <laughs> it's like, you don't know what your kids got in the house. I mean, look you at don't. this backpack. Maybe there's yeah. a crack pipe in the front pocket. Like what? And then there's another section just producing guns out of the strangest places. Yeah. Look at this stuffed so, animal. You, you wouldn't expect it. it, but yeah. Just uh, look up if then, yeah, the, the string music is absolutely on some other shit. Um, but yeah, this video came out like 10 years ago. Uh, yeah. But because he's running, it's coming back, baby. And it's yeah, working. Yeah. Uh, all right. Those are some of the things that are trending right now. That's going to do it for this afternoon. We are back tomorrow uh, with a whole last episode of the show. Until then, be kind to each other. Be kind to yourselves. Don't do nothing about white supremacy. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Bye.